You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. Do apologize for not getting the show out to you yesterday. I really thought um, I'd be able to squeeze it in after the two games, but obviously I had to do Packernet after dark and then go to sleep and whatnot. So that was that was just stupid on my part. I wanted to be able to comment on it, but now that I've waited, I don't even really want to comment on it. <laughs> I don't care. Um, 49ers got embarrassed, which is fantastic. I'm extremely excited about that considering what they've done to us and considering the fact that all this talk is about is how the Packers are just, oh, you go to the playoffs, you're just going to lose the 49ers like every year. Um, I'm anxiously awaiting the moment in which we start talking about how the 49ers can't seem to get it done, but I won't hold my breath on that. Because Kyle Shanahan is, is already established as one of the greats, and so we would never say anything that could diminish that, because once we've made up our mind about things, our ability to change our minds is uh, zero. So we instead will go into defense mode and talk about how, well, it was just because of the injuries, that's why they lost by 400, and et cetera, et cetera, and it doesn't matter. But I know, I know that it's funny. And, and, and in reality... It's not really a knock on the 49ers. They're a very good football team. They always have been. The narrative is stupid about the Green Bay Packers. But since we're going to play that game, I'd love it to start coming out a little bit more about the San Francisco 49ers. And by next year, assuming the Bills don't win the Super Bowl, I'd love it to start talking about them. And pretty much, uh, there's a ton. I mean, if the, four, if the Chiefs don't win the Super Bowl, we need to start having the conversation about them not being able to actually get the job done. There's a lot of teams. Because again, the reality is most teams are not going to win the Super Bowl. That's just how it goes. A lot more teams go to the playoffs than go to the Super Bowl. But no, we got to pretend that the Packers are a unique case. Um, the, the, I mean, there are certainly worse situations as far as the Super Bowl matchup. I don't super hate this matchup. It's not my favorite. I do fall on the side of rooting for the Eagles. I know everybody really seems to dislike the Eagles largely because of their fans. Um, I don't really care too much about the Eagles all that much. I will say, although I do think the Chiefs are deserving, I think what they've been able to do, especially with uh, somewhat at times limited resources, especially on the defensive side, um, the fact that, as I've mentioned before, they don't make excuses, unlike what the Packers seem to like to do, right? We, we make excuses about why we were failing because, well, we didn't have this and we didn't have that and this wasn't quite right. Right, for years, we heard that it was impossible to win because we only had Devontae. If you look at the Chiefs, everybody's got two weapons. Well, they lost one of their weapons, and now they're in the Super Bowl. They don't make excuses. They know who they are. They know what needs to be done. And that's, a, I think, a big problem with the Packers is do you even know what you need to do? Looking directly at Matt LaFleur, do you understand what the issues are going to be and what you need to do to overcome that? You don't think major adjustments are needed when you lose a weapon like Tyreek Hill? Of course there's major adjustments that are needed. But... They don't whine about it. They just suck it up and go work. And yes, I would have been much happier if when asked about what happened with the offense, rather than saying, well, you know, the offensive line and the injuries and the young wide receivers and all that, if I would have just, if they, if they would have just sucked it up and said no excuses. We have incredibly talented players on, on, in all three phases. 
We had a dominant special teams unit. We have one of the most talented defensive uh, cores in football. We have an MVP quarterback, a, a fantastic offensive line, dominant running backs, best young rookie wide receivers in football. There's no excuse. We should have been better, and we weren't, and that's on me as the head coach. That's on us as coaches. But no, we got to make excuses. We got to throw people under the bus, and we got to, you know, it's stupid. And Roger should have done the exact same thing. No excuse. If the young guys aren't ready, that's on us to get them ready. But we need to be better, and we need to do better. No, we're not going to do that. We're going we're gonna to make excuses. It wasn't me. It was them. I think that's stupid. But anyways, I think they deserve it, but that doesn't mean I like them. And so just for the sake of helping people understand parity and understanding that even being the best of the best of the best doesn't guarantee you anything, I would like for the Chiefs to lose. Because that's reality. There is no guarantee. Even if you are the best, and I think the Chiefs probably are, although they have been over several years and haven't won a Super Bowl since whenever that was that they did. But ultimately, I, I, I mean, I, as you know, I haven't really talked about the playoffs. I haven't really talked about the Super Bowl because I just, I, I lack any interest in it. I care about the Packers and where they're headed and what they're doing. Um, there might be some interesting tidbits to learn from teams that are in there as, in terms of what we can take from it. But in terms of the actual matchup and who wins and the lineup and the halftime show, I couldn't care less, man. I, I, I'll be honest, I didn't watch a full game of the playoffs. Not one. I, I, I poked my head in a couple times. I watched probably 50% of, of both of these games. I usually start off watching it and then I get bored and I turn it off and I check back in on the scores and stuff. I just, I just don't care. And I'm sitting there watching and it's like, I should just be doing the podcast. I, sh- I should be doing other things than this. This is not, this is taking up all of my time, and it's a waste of my time. So why don't we talk about what we've been talking about nonstop? This is now a couple days old, but again, we just cannot stop with this idea that there are new reports. There has been a new report in regard to Aaron Rodgers. And again, there, we're always sort of dancing around the semantics of it being a report, right? Where, whereas there's sort of a sleight of hand that takes place. We call it a report, and everybody runs with it, and everybody's going nuts, like, oh, this is official, it's, it's coming from their camp, all this stuff. And then when you point out that it's, it's really not anything solid, it's, it's rumors from people who are not inside their camps, then we start getting into the semantics of, well, technically it's still a report. It's being reported by people from inside the league, even if they're not a part of the Green Bay Packers organization. And it's like, okay, that's clearly a sleight of hand. And this is where I get a little bit aggravated with the Adam Schefters of the world. Because, again, there's nothing necessarily dishonest. But I think because people aren't really reading carefully or thinking carefully and are jumping to conclusions, Adam Schefter is taking advantage of the fact that people just don't think through things very clearly and then can have, you know, plausible deniability when anybody tries to pin him down and say, hey, you said, and he's like, no, 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 no. I never said I talked to the Packers organization or to Aaron Rodgers. But anyways, to give a little background what it is I'm talking about this time, um, again, every time you see something, it, fe- it does feel like we're getting closer to people trying to say something, but at the same time, they're still not saying something. And um, I kind of feel like we're just saying the same thing over and over again, which is that it makes the most sense that Rodgers would be traded. And Schefter is saying the same thing 75 different ways pretending that it's new reports every single time and that they're becoming more and more reliable sources when in reality, nothing is changing whatsoever. Here is a tweet, um, and I know that there is a lot of speculation about this person, but it has nothing really to do with him. I'm just framing this. This is the tweet that I came across that kind of sent me in this, okay, let's see what we've got now. This is Dove Kleiman. The Packers prefer to move on from quarterback Aaron Rodgers' league sources tell Adam Schefter. Aaron Rodgers is aware of the Packers' feeling about wanting to trade him, according to sources. So to be very clear, this tweet says, in no uncertain terms, that there are league sources who went to Adam Schefter and said the Packers do prefer to move on from quarterback Aaron Rodgers. That's how this has been phrased. In other words, he's being given direct information from a source. Guess what I just found out? The Packers prefer to move on from Rodgers. The same sources, or potentially different sources, said... Aaron Rodgers is aware of Packers' feeling about wanting to trade him. So the way that this tweet is constructed is that sources are giving direct information, known information, right? That's what's happening here. Let's go to the source of this, which I had a hard time with because I couldn't really find what they were talking about. I asked people, 
And uh, everybody's like, I don't know, but there's this article that seems to be where it's coming from. And sure enough, when I um, looked for the word prefers, I found it. Here is the article um, written by Adam Schefter on January 29th. An off-season trade of Aaron Rodgers remains an option for Green Bay Packers for a variety of reasons, league sources told ESPN. That's how it started. So again, we're kind of in the same nonsense. An off-season trade of Aaron Rodgers remains an option for the Packers for a variety of reasons. Schefter, we know that, and we already know the reasons. We know it's an option, and we know why it's an option, and we also know why it's probably a preferable option, and we don't need you or league sources to tell us that. So give me some new information or shut up. He goes on to say a scenario that once seemed unthinkable, a Rodgers trade could, could be driven by financial reasons, the state of the Packers franchise, and ultimately the feeling of the team and the star quarterback. This is not information. This is speculation that maybe these could be reasons for a team to move on or for Rodgers to want to move on. We know. Do you have any new information? Here we go. Here's the big one. League sources believe the franchise prefers to move on from Rodgers. Doesn't say that they know. It doesn't say that they came to Adam Schefter with with, uh, confirmation. League sources believe. What does that mean? It means when Adam Schefter calls around and says, what do you think the situation is? They say, I think this is the situation. In that case, league sources believe. But why is that valuable to me? If he calls the front office of, let's say, let's say he's talking to, I don't know, the Lions front office, just just chopping it up. He's just talking. He's like, hey, you know, because they're just talking about different things, trying to get information. Hey, I was just curious if I can get your thoughts on this Aaron Rodgers situation. What do you think is going on and what do you think is going to happen? And they say, I think uh, based on the financial situation that they're in, having looked at that, based on his play, based on Jordan Love being there, I think that it would be the preference of the Green Bay Packers to move on from Aaron Rodgers. I think it's what they would want. Why would that be valuable information to me? It's not. Other than the fact, I mean, if, if you got a panel of 20 GMs, former and present, to come together and say, what would your thoughts be in this situation? And 18 of them said, I'd like to move on. The reason that would be interesting is because it shows that from a GM perspective, the right thing to do would be to move on. That still is not any insights whatsoever into this situation, but it's an interesting piece of information. But we don't know if these are GMs. We don't know anything. And we also don't know if this is from their own personal perspective or what they think the Packers are going to do or why they think that or anything. League sources believe the franchise prefers to move on from Rodgers, just as it once did with Brett Favre. Those sources also believe Rodgers is well aware of the Packers' feelings on the situation. Why? Probably because Rodgers has said so. That's why they believe that. But again, this is just Schefter talking to people and saying, what do you think? And they say, well, I think this is probably the situation. And he writes an article about it, knowing full well that most people are going to read this and turn league sources believe into league sources said. The franchise prefers to move on from Aaron Rodgers, which is exactly what Dove Kleiman did, who's either looking for clicks and retweets or is just incapable of, of having any form of reading comprehension. Maybe it's a little bit of both. I don't know. But once again, we see the tweets and immediately I look at it and go, oh, that sounds different. And then I find the source and realize this is not different. It's he is, Schefter has said the same thing over and over and over and over. And again, as much as I keep bailing him out because technically he's not lying, it's one thing to have everybody call you up and say, hey, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And he's like, here's what I think. It's another thing to be somewhat deceptive in your wording on those things. And then to write articles on ESPN saying, here's what we're hearing from league sources. So now this is not you being solicited and just giving your honest opinion. This is you trying to go out and get clicks and everything else. And again, Ian didn't do this. I'm not seeing Ian do this at all. I'm seeing Ian being asked the question and answering it much more honestly, in which he flat out says, I don't know. I'm seeing Peter King uh, answer things in, a, in the form of a hypothetical, and then this, as soon as he gets put on a show, immediately stops the question and says, just to be clear, everybody has lost their mind and I don't know anything. Schefter's not that guy. He likes the fact that these things get misconstrued. He likes the fact that he can speak in these sort of ambigu- uh, ambiguous, that's the word, ambiguous ways, and people will misinterpret it, and he gets to profit from that. But at this point, it's tiring, because the guy has been saying the same thing over and over and over and over. 
which is when I talk to people in the NFL, which could be players, it could be GMs, it could be coaches, it could be assistant data analysts, it could be water boys, it could be at the NFL front office, it could be anybody that is employed by the NFL. I talk to them and this is their opinion, which is useless. And apparently the guy's just making tons of phone calls and every time he talks to somebody and they give their opinion, and that opinion, of course, and I'm sure he's also had people give their opinion that I think Aaron Rodgers is going to stay, but he's certainly not going to run with that and say league sources believe Rodgers is going to stay in Green Bay because then suddenly it's a contradiction and it seems like you're kind of a hack. And it sounds like you're just reporting people's opinions, which of course you don't want that because that would just completely diminish your entire value to the NFL community. So again, I'll say there's nothing wrong with getting information that the general consensus is that it makes more sense for that the Packers would want to move on only as if uh, as a way to serve uh, curiosity and maybe to realize, you know, I have an opinion, but I'm one person. What do most people think? And on top of that, what do most people in the league think? Because obviously the Packers are in that environment. And so they tend to think somewhat of the same way. So it kind of gives you a little bit more of an idea of maybe the way that they're leaning. But you know what else would help you to understand which way they're leaning? Listening to Brian Gutekunst directly say that we want to keep Aaron Rodgers. To me, that has more weight. You could say, well, he just said that. Well, maybe. But it still carries more weight than some random water boy that Adam Schefter talked to, whose name we don't even know. So the bottom line is, Aaron Rodgers very well may retire. Aaron Rodgers very well may come back and be a Green Bay Packer. Aaron Rodgers very well may get traded to an organization, and that organization very well may be the Jets. Any of these things are entirely possible, but we don't have any information. The only real interesting information that I think I've heard, aside from there's seeming to be a collection of people in the league that feel like it makes the most sense, which seems obvious to me that it makes the most sense based on the salary cap and Rodgers' age and Rodgers' declined play and Jordan Love sitting on the bench. I mean, these things kind of accumulate and make things seem obvious to me. But again, everybody has different opinions. But the only somewhat interesting thing is the, the communication we've gotten from the Jets, which has nothing to do with the Packers or Aaron Rodgers, but it's at least interesting to know that if the Packers do come to the conclusion that they want to make a trade, it does seem much stronger that the Jets are the front runners, um, not only because the Jets can be appealing to the Packers who want to trade them away to an AFC team. Again, I'm not citing a report. I'm just saying it's nice to kind of get them away to a team that we're going to play much less often. Not saying they never would, like it's impossible they would trade them to an NFC team, but it, it's it's... Of the few criteria the Packers have, price and not a team that's going to wreck us like the Bears and the Vikings and the Lions. And by the way, on that point, this is theoretically a one-year proposition, right? So let me ask you this. Would it more make more sense to trade them to the Raiders and the AFC or to the Washington Commanders and the NFC? And say, well, obviously the AFC. Why? We play the Raiders in 2023. We don't play Washington. Why would you want to send them to the Raiders where he and Devontae get to play the the Packers. We're going to be on the road in Las Vegas. Why would that be better than sending them to Washington, who we don't play? So again, the AFC-NFC thing is stupid. But again, getting him away to a team like the Jets, not the whatever, and then getting an appropriate price, which again, the Jets seem like they're willing to hand over quite a bit. They've already made promises to their new offensive coordinator. They seem desperate to want to make a move. I mean, when you get your head coach flat out coming out saying, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to be looking for a veteran, essentially just dismissing your young developmental quarterback. It sounds to me that you're all in. But anyways, that's it from my perspective. That's the only interesting development is that the Jets have decided that they're going to go all in for a quarterback. Now, to be clear, there are options. Uh, maybe Tom Brady is an option. Maybe Aaron Rodgers is an option. Um, we already know that um, Carr is an option. Potentially Lamar is an option. Might be a wild quarterback market out there which, by the way, sucks for an Aaron Rodgers trade, if that is the case. Now, being that this is a uh, Tuesday show, it's entirely possible that we do get some news today. I'm not expecting it, but if there is, I'll just plan on uh, doing a post-game extravaganza. We might even do a stream or something. I don't know. I haven't really thought it through. Aside from this moment where I realized, oh, shoot, this is Tuesday. I hope there's no breaking news. But anyways, the, the article is funny because even Adam Schefter, when he posted the article, his tweet says an offseason trade of Aaron Rodgers remains an option for a variety of reasons. Thanks, dude, not reading it. What do you mean it remains an option? What would have changed? It's so stupid. Um, also in the news, a lot of uh, talk of new coaches, Eric Bieniemy in play for Washington, uh, Averro or Evero or whatever, um, 
big name, D'Amico Ryans. But one of the names is Jerry Gray. And um, personally, I'm not entirely sure how I feel about it. One of the things that I find to be a negative, despite, you know, I know a lot of people's contention that, well, he wasn't doing a good job anyways, look at our DBs, and I think that's entirely fair. Um, But just from a more macro perspective, one of the negative vibes that I'm getting is that Matt LaFleur seems to be handling the coaching situation. And, I, and maybe this is a little unfair because we did just bring in um, Rich Passaccia and whatnot, but I, I don't want to get into this habit where all the good coaches go bye-bye. Bisaccia, by the way, is also taking interviews. I don't think anything is, is solid, but talking about um, head coaching jobs and whatnot. And I don't think he'll get that. And I don't know that he, he's kind of at the apex right now in terms of his special teams. So it's not like he's going to get hired away as a special team or somewhere else. So he either stays or he gets a head coaching job. And, and my hunch is he's not going to get that. Uh, but I could be entirely wrong, especially considering you look how the Packers perform down the stretch. It's it's worth considering. But I just don't want to get into that situation that we were in with Mike McCarthy, where if anybody has any talent, they get hired and go be successful elsewhere. And then we promote from within or hire friends of his. And um, we never fire people that are not really getting the job done. Again, somewhat unfair. We had Maurice Strayton. He got fired, but that was catastrophic. And now we're looking at it saying, I don't know that the offensive coordinator was necessarily doing a great job. He stays. I'm not entirely sure. Well, uh, Jerry Gray. I mean, were they ever going to fire Jerry Gray? Of course not. So everybody gets to stay regardless of how poorly they are performing. Joe Barry, Jerry Gray, Jerry Montgomery, to be completely honest. The defensive line coach, the defensive line has been terrible. We have not had a quality run game, uh, run defense in forever. Kenny Clark is massively underperforming. We have a first-round rookie that hardly got on the field uh, due to lack of preparedness. Are any of these guys ever going to get let go? No. They're either going to get hired away or they're just going to stay here. And that's not the... The the goal should be to bring in the best possible available. And I'd seen this on Twitter, somebody kind of pointing out, you know, there's a lot of really high-quality candidates why don't you at least consider bringing them in, you know, for a defensive coordinator or whatever? And my first thought was essentially, well, I don't know that you just fire everybody that isn't perfectly optimal. Maybe, you know, there are some reasons to think maybe the Joe Barry thing is is going to turn it around or whatever the case may be. But at the same time, again, constantly believing that maybe next year will be better when there are clearly better options on the table. And, and you don't want to get into a cycle where you fire every first-year head coach that doesn't take you to the Super Bowl and try to bring in the new next flashy thing. But when you do have a pile of much more qualified coaches with proven track records that have done fantastic jobs that are out there getting interviews all over the place, to not even consider it. I think the goal should be to be the absolute best. And I understand these are human beings and, and these are people and they've got families and it's it's easier to um, trust that they're doing their best and, and they have what it takes to potentially get us where we need to be. But your goal as the head coach is to put together the best possible team. Same with the GM, same with everybody. And if there is a better, more qualified candidate, they need to be in this building. And that goes, I mean, and the other thing is, I think that applies even more so. We focus more so on the, the bigger picture, right? GM, head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. But I think some of these lesser positions, I bet there's a massive amount of young, talented people that could come in here. I mean, you want to talk about regular turnover. I don't really care if we have new defensive line coaches every year. Let's get that that experience in here and, and um, you know, you change up what these guys are learning. Everybody comes in from different backgrounds and different experience. They can teach you slightly different things and different techniques. And granted, you want to make sure they have a firm foothold on the the, the scheme being taught, but I don't think that'll be an issue. And eventually you find that one superstar, and that's the one you hold on to. It's, it's sort of the opposite of what we do. Rather than keeping everybody unless they get fired away or hired away until we're stuck with all the people that nobody wants, why not continually bring it? It's, it's, this is, by the way, exactly what we do with... Uh, Brian Gutekunst constantly bringing in these lower-level players. You're just shuffling the bottom bottom of the roster over and over and over and over and over until eventually you find that one diamond in the rough, and then they stay. Why wouldn't you? Why do we hang on to the same coordinators for 5, 10, 15 years? I mean, some of the guys uh, in McCarthy's tenure that eventually got let go were here forever, and some of those positions were just not successful. 
you know, passing game coordinators, defensive pass game coordinator, you know, guys on the defensive side of the ball when we didn't have a successful defense for the longest time, basically since the Super Bowl. And these guys just have are just protected people because the coach says, well, no, they're doing a good job. They're doing what uh, what I asked them to do. And we need something better. It's the bottom line. But again, very similar to my issue with, you know, the leadership discussion. It's somewhat of a waste of time because this is just generally not how things are done. But I'm going to stand here and tell you that I vehemently disagree with it. You know, again, is the goal to be the absolute best, yes or no? And I feel like the answer is yes, but to everything. Yes, but we don't want to do this. We don't want to do that. I shouldn't be asked to do this. I shouldn't be expected to do this. I don't want to do this. This is insensitive. This is too much work. This is whatever. And again, you can take this too far and just fire everybody. And, you know, people do get a little too crazy. So, you know, again, Vic Fangio, it wasn't until what, year three or four before the Bears defense blew up? If he had gotten fired that first year when the defense sucked, that would have been a bad decision. So there's nothing wrong with if, if they genuinely believe that this is the, you know, Joe Barry, for example, is the absolute best possible candidate. Okay, fine. But it just strikes me as, as really improbable that the best possible candidates for every single position every single year are the exact same guys that we had here last year every single year. Of all the people that are up and coming every single year, guys that are working their way through the ranks, that in five years, that guy's going to be a head coach one day. We're not going to get that guy. We don't need that guy because our guy is the best. He's better than that guy. Okay, fair enough. You know, our defensive tackles are not very good, right? And, and by good, it's not, it's not the quality of the player. It's the quality of their ability to meet the expectations. Linebackers, as much as we invested in linebackers, I don't feel like we got exactly what we should have from that. Are we even having any kind of conversation about Kirk Olavadotti and his ability to get the best out of these linebackers? How about Ryan Downard? He's a safeties coach. Both of our safeties had the worst years of their entire careers. Are, is anybody even willing to consider the conversation that maybe he's not the best option of all the options that are in the NFL right now or outside of the NFL? You're telling me this is the absolute best option that we have. And Jerry Gray, if he doesn't get a job somewhere else, are we positive we want him back? I'm just asking. So it's not just Joe Barry. What about all these other guys? Jerry, I mean, Jerry Montgomery's been here forever. Are we positive he's the best option? And I know we can't touch this one, but um, Aaron Rodgers took a massive step back the exact same year we got Tom Clements. And I know Rodgers says that he's the greatest thing that's ever happened. But if it was up to Matt LaFleur, which I'm sure it's not, I mean, technically it is, but obviously he would never cross Rodgers in that way. Would that be up for discussion? I know there's other variables, but I'm just asking. How is one of Aaron Rodgers' worst statistical years of his entire career um, coming off of back-to-back MVPs, and we're not even going to have a discussion about the quarterback coach. How about John Dunn, the tight ends coach? Packers have not had a halfway competent tight end. And by the way, we've invested in several third-round picks. None of them have materialized into anything. Best we've been able to do is pay Mercedes Lewis to come here and be what he's been for the last decade. Can we have a discussion about it, or are we positive that John Dunn is the absolute best option we have at tight end? How about Jason Vrabel? As much complaining as we're doing about the wide receivers not being on the right page, the fact that he's the wide receiver slash passing game coordinator, as ugly as this passing game was, as incompetent and incoherent as everything seemed to be for our passing game, both between the quarterback and the receivers and the tight end, are we positive that Jason Vrabel is the absolute best candidate? I'm not saying base level, baseline qualified. Like at a bare minimum, can he do the job that I ask him to do? Is this the absolute best candidate for this job, yes or no? Adam Stenovich. It's his first year. I don't, I don't mind if we're going to look at it and say, listen, he is uniquely qualified, brilliant, a little bit of a rough patch, but I think he's going to, okay, fine. That's fine. If that's what you believe, that's fine. But I have a hard time believing that Stenovich is the absolute best offensive coordinator option. Vrabel is the absolute wide receiver uh, best wide receiver pass game coordinator option. Luke Buckus is the absolute best offensive line coach option. Tom Clements is the best quarterback coach option. John Dunn is the best tight ends coach option. Considering how everything went, are we sure? Are we even considering or exploring anything? And I understand what, you know, these are human beings and everything, and we got to give guys the benefit of the doubt. Fine. But what about the guys that have been here for two years? 
or three years or four years or five years. A lot of these coaches were here prior to any of our current coaching staff. Jerry Montgomery has been here since 2015. 2015. Do you have any idea how many defensive linemen we've invested in this defense since 2015? And because Mike Daniels was a stud, we just assumed he was this great defensive line coach. But that's basically it. And again, now that I'm looking at Kenny as, as massively underwhelming, that was basically the second guy that you were impressed with. And now I'm looking at it going, I'm not so sure about that. So I would just be kind of curious to know what the thought process is about these things. Because it seems to me that the question is never really, is this the best possible candidate for this job? The question seems to be, is there something egregious that is going to force me to fire this person? And if that's not the case, they're just not going to lose their job. So again, it's another conversation that's almost not worth having because it's just not how things are done. But I wanted to voice the fact that I'm not particularly thrilled um, with that side of it. Patience is fine. Patience makes sense. Um, But I think we've gone beyond patience with some of the people that are on the staff. Anyways, why don't we take a quick break here? Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy is where you can support the podcast. I would also please ask you to um, check out fertilegroundranch.org. See if that is an organization you'd be interested in supporting. And if so, um, they have uh, I have a link pinned to the top of my Twitter where you can uh, donate directly if you're so inclined. Although, if you checked it out, then you're already on the site. When we come back, Adam Schefter officially, somebody finally answered, uh, asked him directly the question that I have been banging my head against the wall. And so we'll hear Adam Schefter on the Pat McAfee Show answer this question semi-directly. I still want to strangle him for the way he answers this question because he refuses to directly, directly. It's kind of indirectly, directly, but we'll get there and uh, hopefully put this stupid thing to bed, although I'm dreaming. So we'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. So just to be clear, just for those of you keeping track, there have been three major reports Well, it's probably up to about 15, but one of them is just Schefter saying the same thing 17 different times to 17 different people that we pretend are all different reports. But there's three different reports from three different people, and they're not really reports, but that's the point. First, we had Schefter saying that he believed that there was a very real possibility uh, that people inside the league believe that this is a very real possibility. My contention was, that's not news. Saying that there are people that believe that this could happen is not breaking news. No kidding. They call into Packernet After Dark all the time. There's people all over Twitter and Facebook and, and uh, in, in every bar and every city that believe Rodgers will, could, should possibly be traded. Then you had Ian hilariously basically say he didn't think that Rodgers would be traded, but somehow that got twisted into Ian Rappaport has inside information that Rodgers will be traded. Ian essentially said on his podcast, and I played it for you, I don't know how many times he said it, but repeatedly saying, I don't know. I don't know, but it would be difficult because there's a $60 million cap hit was his answer. That got completely misconstrued into he had some kind of inside information, and we added that to where there's smoke, there's fire. But of course, we have no smoke at this point. 
Then Peter King on, I believe it was his Good Morning Football thing. I didn't even get to review that because before I got a chance to read it and bring it up on the podcast, he was on a podcast that I had found in which he addressed that and said that people had lost their minds and completely took everything he said out of context. He was simply speculating what he thought and what he thought made sense and what he thought might happen, and people turned that into Peter King as inside information. So as far as I'm concerned, Ian flat out said, I don't have any inside sources. I don't know, because he said, I don't know. Peter King directly came out when asked about it and said, I don't know anything. I'm speculating. People are going nuts. Schefter is the one that I, I, again, I've been saying he's been honest insofar as not actually saying he has inside sources, but he's also, he's not being having his feet held to the fire. And and that's the entire point. They don't want to hold his feet to, a, to the fire because it's places like Good Morning Football and all these other ESPN shows or whatever shows he's been on that are, he's probably not on Good Morning Football because that's NFL, but it doesn't matter. These shows want you to believe that he's the insider because it's going to get them more clicks, more revenue, and raise the status of Ian Schefter, uh, Ian Schefter, Adam Schefter. And I think Schefter's doing that too, based on the way he likes to answer these questions, being very evasive and not wanting to directly say, I don't actually know. But there are still people, despite the fact that if you just look at the wording, as we just went through at the beginning of the program, there is no new direct information. And there's no reason for him to be so... Um, There's no reason to say league sources when what you mean is sources from within the Green Bay Packers organization. You're not naming your sources at that point. You could very easily say from within. And by the way, if it was from within the, the Packers organization, which you would say, you wouldn't say believe it's possible. You would say that they plan to or that they do um, prefer. Not that uh, sources believe that the Packers prefer. That wouldn't even make sense. The Packers are who you talk to, and they do prefer. What are you talking about? So again, the wording itself makes this self-evident. It's very obvious with some just some basic reading comprehension that Adam Schefter does not have sources from within either the Rodgers camp or the, the Green Bay Packers camp that are reporting on this specific issue. Anyways, Pat McAfee, uh, or whoever his name is on the Pat McAfee show, finally decided to hold his feet to the fire and say, look, we, we just got to know the difference here because sometimes you're giving your opinion and sometimes you're reporting from, from inside. And it was perfectly worded question because it's exactly what I've said. People just assume because he's, you know, a Schefter or Rappaport or whoever, that everything they say comes from a source that absolutely knows. And sometimes they're just giving their opinion. Now, we should be smart enough to be able to decipher, but we're clearly not. And we need this spelled out for us like small children. So the question was posed, is this punditry? Is your opinion, or are you reporting actual breaking news information? Yeah, you reported on the Rogers situation, and I know you have a lot of sources, obviously, but I didn't know. You guys have have a really good source there. Hey, on one side. Uh, I feel like you have the other side. (laughs) Exactly, Uh and that's why I didn't know uh, how much of that is kind of your just own personal thoughts on it, punditry, if you will, how much of it's inside information. As it stands right now, we heard that the uh, the Jets, I think it might have been in an article you posted, the Jets, in terms of looking for you know a, a veteran quarterback, have their eyes set on Garoppolo, Rodgers, Derek Carr. They're going to do work on all three. But as it stands right now, what do you think the percentage is that Rodgers actually does get traded potentially to the Jets? Steve, but I didn't... Dang it. Um, I pushed the wrong. I wanted to pause it and I rewound it, but the, the, the first part of this that's annoying to me is he asked the right question, and then he just completely disregarded his initial question and asked a new question. <laughs> but, but again, he, he was clearly asked a question. And, the, and again, he does get to the point eventually, kind of, but it was very annoying listening because you understand what they're asking and what they're driving at, and he just continues to play this game where it's like people believe and there's enough people that believe, and it's like, why don't you just answer the question? Or the Colts. You, you, you know, you, you sound a little bit like all the Jets fans uh, that surround me that text my phone all the time asking, are we getting Rodgers? Are we getting Rodgers? Are we getting – that is a question that I answer all the time. Here's what I would say to that, I think. I, I, I do think that the idea of this trade is a real possibility. Um, the man Is that punditry? Hey, hey, is that punditry or – because anytime you give an opinion, this is how we have to view it as the rest of the world. Schefter knows everybody. Yep. Yes. So when Schefter gives an opinion, 
it, whether it's a source, like, hey, breaking sources tell me, or if you're giving an opinion, which you're great at, by the way. I think you do great. I think you do both very well. You should maybe look in the mirror and congratulate yourself on that because you're not just a fucking plug robot. I think you do. But whenever you say some stuff as a pundit, I believe, especially with the way some internet and some Twitter sites work with aggregating information, we all assume, boom, that has to be coming from a very solid piece of information because you're Adam Schefter. So it's almost like your resume affects your punditry a lot because we assume everything you say pundit-wise is coming from the resume that you've built with direct information, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, it, I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. I, I guess, look, no here's the thing. We, we don't know how the Rodgers situation is going to play out. Uh, all I can say is... And again, he kind of answered it, but he still left enough room to be like, well, that doesn't mean he's not talking to the Packers or da-da-da-da-da-da-da. We don't n- technically know. Why don't you just answer the question? He asked you directly, was that punditry? Is this strictly your opinion, or do you have an inside source from the Packers organization telling you that the Packers plan to move on from Aaron Rodgers? That's the question. Answer it directly. There are enough people who think that it's a real possibility that he's going to be traded this offseason. So he's just repeating what he's been saying, which, again, to me is obvious what he's saying. But he's still refusing to just answer it. I mean, there are people who do think that that's going to happen. Now, again, for all we know, the two sides are going to sit down and they're going to figure out something and they're going to discuss a way for both sides to move forward together. And he stays in Green Bay. Like, that's possible. But it's also possible that they sit down, have the talk. Both sides are open and honest with each other. nothing. And both sides decide, you know what? Uh, there's a window here to make a trade happen with the way the contract is structured. It would take place this year, and this would be the time for everybody, for as much respect as both sides have, to move on. Now, again, when you bring up the Jets, I believe, I believe, like I said this on Countdown last week, and all of a sudden it becomes a report. Adam Schefter's reporting yes. the Packers will only trade yeah, bingo. Exactly. in the AFC. Like, I'm talking just like I'm talking to you. Yes. So he directly addresses something else he said, which is the Packers will not trade um, Aaron Rodgers within the AFC. And I told you that that was him just speaking um, as, as, as his opinion because he said it in his quote. But he's directly addressing that and saying that's his opinion. Right. And so I said that I believe... And there are reasons, I believe, that it would make the most sense for them to trade him in the AFC. That would be the more likely path if that's what both sides decide. And I still believe that. So if we go through and... But again, now he's off of it. Just answer the question, dude. Look at the teams in the AFC. What would be potential landing spots for Aaron Rodgers? Raiders, Colts, One, Jets. Two, and I'd say, and I'll throw another one in there. Where's he building a home? Well, he has raw, raw land, land in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, 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 he does. That's interesting. Oh, <laughs> everybody has raw land. <laughs> so, again, he he refuses to directly answer the question, which is obnoxious, and it's part of the reason why I'm really starting to dislike Adam Schefter more so than the other guys because he's playing this up. He understand. I mean, his whole thing is about his status as an insider. And so he likes it when he says things and people run out and say, dude, this is Schefter, this is legit. And he's allowing people to think things that aren't necessarily true. You know, I remember when I was younger or whatever, watching some, there was uh, some guys who were just breaking into rap. They ended up becoming huge, but they, they had like emptied all their bank accounts or whatever. I don't know why this is the example that's coming to mind, but and then they went out and got on a boat and they flashed these $100 bills all over the place. And the point is they were implying that they were millionaires. Like, this is no big deal. This is just like a day's haul. When in reality, that's not, and and they're not actually lying. They never said, hey, this is my boat and this is how much I make in a day. I just happened to be on a boat and I just happened to be flashing $100 bills. Now, is it possible that this is somebody else's boat? Is it possible that this is my entire life savings and the rest of the group's life savings in my hands right now? It's possible, but it's also not possible. I mean, it's possible that it's not. A lot of things are possible in this world, man. Anything could happen. 
So it's it's just it's annoying that he talks in circles when asked a direct question. Is that punditry? Well, look, here, here's what I'll say. There are people who believe that he will be traded. There are also people who believe that he won't be traded. There is a possibility that despite these people believing that he'll be traded, that in reality, they will sit down and, and work out some kind of a deal and he will play. You're, you're not saying anything. Schefter has never said anything of value on the Aaron Rodgers situation for the last month. Not a single thing other than he's talked to people in the league whose opinion I don't care about and got their opinion. Now, if you give me the names of those people, which again, we had on one of these NFL shows, a former Jets GM who said that he thinks that, I don't remember exactly what he said, but the point is when you talk to former GMs, you're getting inside, you're getting inside information, not from a guy who knows what the Packers are going to do or Rodgers is going to do. So it's essentially useless, but at least it's a guy who's been in that position. So you would think he knows, not that all GMs are the same, but he generally understands how GMs think. And if there was some at least massive barrier, he would probably know it and say, no, it's not going to happen and here's why. But he doesn't know any more than anything else. What he knows is what we all know. The first step is, is Aaron Rodgers going to come back? The second step is, are those two parties going to be on the same page? If not, are they going to be able to work out a trade and with who? That's what everybody has known this entire time. So I'm taking that as a win. Schefter kind of got to the point, at least on, on one issue, in saying that some people are spinning things out of control. And that was one of the big things that I also put on Twitter, saying he didn't say, even though everybody retweeted it and said, he says that the Packers won't send him to an AFC team. And I'm like, that's not what happened. So he at least fessed up to that. But I wish they would have pushed him a little bit. And just, just asked a very simple question. Has anybody from within the Packers organization expressed to you that the Packers would like to move on from Aaron Rodgers. That would be their preference. Or are these from unrelated parties? In other words, somebody within the organization, uh, within the, uh, the league that is outside of the organization. I would like an answer to that. Now, we, again, we know the answer to the question, but I just want it settled for the sake of everybody else. Stop saying stupid things. And now people are lashing out on Twitter. So, <laughs> look, the bottom line is, for whatever reason, this is really weird. I don't know if it's because people want Rodgers gone so bad or what. People refuse to just hear basic information, which is weird. But I, 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 I don't know. Whatever. We're, I'm, I'm moving on. At least until the next big report, which is Schefter saying the exact same thing he's been saying with no new information. Final thing that I wanted to bring up, which is uh, very interesting and very good information. Um, and by the way, actual information um, via Ari Mirov, another NFL insider. The NFL informed teams today that the 2023 salary cap will be 20 uh, excuse me 224.8 million dollars as NFL network reported that is a 16.6 million dollar increase from last year and your first thought might be well that's not that big of an increase but just to be clear a 16.6 million dollar increase most teams have maybe one or two players above 16.6 million the packers happen to have five which is why they're in a bit of a catastrophe here but 16.6, let's just put it this way, that is a superstar player per team that is being just increased out of thin air. Now, the really good news about this is the fact that the estimated salary cap was 220. That's what everybody's been basing this off of. Now, granted, $3 bucks might not be all that, uh, excuse me, 4.8, basically $5 million might not be all that super exciting. But the fact of the matter is, if you think about it, again, when you put it this in pragmatic terms, it actually makes a big difference. When you look at it, as far as, let's just say, Aaron Jones, what have I been saying about Aaron Jones? $20 million is ridiculous. But if we can get that down even to 15, it becomes more reasonable. Not that that's optimal, but more reasonable. They just gave us $5 million. That's the impact. I mean, that, that legitimately could. The difference between 220.0 and 224.8 could legitimately be the difference between keeping and, and dumping Aaron Jones. I don't think it is. But that's how drastic that is. You know, you think about the difference between uh, David Bakhtiari, who I, uh, again, the, the salary cap is somewhat of a disaster, but he's at what, two, uh, 28? That would be like him being at 23, which is entirely more reasonable. So when you think about it in terms of just 4.8 million, it doesn't seem like that much in the context of, you know, how much of an increase is that over expected? We're talking about 2%, 2.2%. 
It's minuscule, but in absolute dollars, it makes a massive difference. And if you don't want to look at it through the lens of Aaron Jones, let's look at through the lens of the fact that the vast majority of this roster is less than $5 million. That is a, let's say, decent football player at $5 million. I'm not going to say high quality, but that's a, that's a decent player. I mean, Mason Crosby's $5 million bucks. If there was any question about him, granted, he may just walk away himself, and maybe it is time to move on. But I just want to put in, in, in terms of, of um, how big of a difference this could potentially make. A $5 million increase is, um, it's good news. It is. And you can say, well, it's good news across the board. Well, it is, but I'm not talking in terms of our ability to gain on other teams. I'm just talking about our uh, ability to survive the terrible decisions that have been made with the salary cap. And by the, the salary cap increasing by this much, it essentially makes a terrible decision slightly less terrible, which is great for us and great for Brian Gutekunst to be able to just essentially go, we can keep whoever we want to keep. It's not that big of a deal. It's good news. So I will leave it at that. Fingers crossed. No more Adam Schefter talk tomorrow. I just, you know how I am. I can't let stuff go when it gets like that. I know you're all annoyed with it. I can feel it through my computer monitor, even though this hasn't even been posted until tomorrow. I can just feel the, oh, he's talking about this again, but I can't let it go. So let's just hope that no more and, and, and the bottom line is, look, I'm, I'm going to be very honest. I'm not just saying that nobody ever has any information. I want to know. And as new reports, quote unquote, come out, I want to be able to give you my opinion on whether or not I think this is a legitimate report or a non-legitimate report. And I will continue to do so. Because at some point, there will be real news, like with the Jets, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, this report is... <laughs> Let me give you an example of a real report. Let me read this again. Ari Mirov says... Uh, this is via at my sports update. If you're not following him, you should be. The NFL informed teams today. Do you see how direct that is? It's not NFL sources tell me that maybe kind of sort of should be maybe kind of once a week, a little bit sometimes. NF, the, the NFL informed teams today that the 2023 salary cap will be $224.8 million. That is a $16.6 million increase from last year. These are absolute terms with absolute numbers. This is the information that is happening, will be going on, no questions asked. If you want real information, look for people to say things like this. Let's not just desperately reach for stupid nonsense. League sources believe that maybe the Packers could trade Rodgers. Well, no kidding, stupid. Jeez. Anyways, so we got to do all our uh, recalculations. Uh, Mr. Uh, Ken Ingles is going to have to adjust his number slightly, not much. We're still massively over the cap, but again, um, that is good news for all 32 teams, especially the Bears, who uh, went from having like $91 million in, in cap space to 96, which is going to be the difference between winning a Super Bowl and winning 90 Super Bowls, probably, if you ask Bears fans. Anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. You guys have a great day. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.